All right, Matt. Happy Halloween, bud. Yep. Happy Halloween. <laughs> All right. Let me just explain it real quick. So this is the I'm in my Will Smith inspired costume, right? So from the neck up, we got Men in Black. Okay. So I got the shades on, and then neck down, we got Fresh Prince inspired. So I'm like drawing from Will Smith with my costume. That's my explanation. Well, just... well, to no surprise, I got Mr. Ezekiel Elliott. Ah, RB2. Uh, one of the best running backs. In the... Oh, hey. Hey, but he's a 6-2 and two, uh, record winner this year. So that's all that oh, matters to me. I see. I see. Decided to dress up as an RB2 this year. Okay. Well. But a RB1 in the heart. RB1 in your heart. Okay. Well. Yeah. Monday. Uh. I don't know. I guess we got work and we're old now, so we just we don't go out on Halloween. Probably because it's a Monday, right? It wasn't a Monday. We, yeah, we're not. Yeah, we're not. We're that, not that lame. We're not that yeah. lame. Yeah, we just got you know we got stuff tomorrow. Yeah, let's call it that. <laughs> anyway, okay. A lot of football talk this week since. Uh, World, we should have had three games of the World Series to talk about, but um, the game got postponed tonight. So, get into games one and two later. But as usual, Matt, uh, let's kick off our NFL segment here. Uh, start off as usual with your Cowboys. You got a nice win against a Chicago Bears team that was starting to heat up a little bit. Um, offense looked good. I mean, you guys scored 49 points at home. Solid. Solid day right there. Uh, I'll get into uh, Mr. Uh, what is it? $75 million, man. Uh, a little yep. bit later. <laughs> but, uh, Matt, the floor is yours. Uh, how, how do you feel about your Cowboys performance heading into their bye week? I would say, overall, it was a pretty good performance um a lot of good things happened on sunday um and to start i gotta give flowers to my quarterback you know he was kind of you know coming off of his injury didn't look really good last week against detroit but man he came out firing uh in this game 12 of 13 to start really to me had one bad play which was the interception late in the first half which was not a good throw I was very upset <laughs> at, at the time, but uh, to his credit, Dak played basically a flawless game outside of that. So I'm not a, you know, I'm not a Dak hater. I'm a Dak supporter. It just might come out the wrong way on this podcast, but Dak so played. not a Dak hater? Yeah, I'm not a Dak hater. Why would yes, I be a Dak hater? He, he's my He's my quarterback. I got to support him. You're still a hater. I'm not a hate. No, no. A I'm a Cooper. Hater. I'm pro Cooper Rush, but I'm not. A, I'm not against Dak. I just need him to perform better. Oh God! All right, never mind. Continue. <laughs> but hey, Dak played well, and when he plays well, I will give him his flowers. So I'm giving him the floor. He was he was phenomenal. 
in this game. Uh, but really, the whole offense was was clicking on all cylinders. We saw our RB1, as you call him, Tony Pollard. Uh, he was unleashed, had 100 yards, three touchdowns on the ground. Um, didn't have, you know, I was surprised with Pollard, though. He didn't have over 20 touches, which I thought that was going to be the case. Um, he started, you know, getting a lot of touches. I think he had, like, maybe seven carries within the first two drives. So heavy emphasis to start, but kind of tailored off a little bit at the end. But nonetheless, Tony Pollard did his thing. Um, but probably the most um, exciting thing to me was the receiving game for Dallas. C.D. Lamb finally got to see some kind of connection with Dak. Um, those two guys have really kind of struggled with that throughout you know the time that C.D. got into the league. So nice to see that getting going a little bit. Obviously, Dak knows Michael Gallup really well. They got a nice rhythm. And it's really good to see Dalton Schultz come back to life because with Cooper Rush, he had no chemistry, no connection whatsoever. And going into, you know, the season and having that expectations of going to the playoffs and making a run, we're not going to be able to win without Dalton Schultz producing. So he's back obviously with Dak. So it's good to see that. But the thing I would say I'm a little concerned with is the defense which is shocking because this defense is fantastic. I still think they're the best defense in football. We saw flashes of that. They can get after Justin Fields as we saw it. Micah Parsons got his first touchdown of his NFL career with that scoop and score. By the way, I don't know what Justin Fields is doing on that play, but you guys can go watch that on YouTube. Didn't touch Micah Parsons. Somebody needs to ask him why. But the things that kind of concern me are... Um, the injuries we're starting to get a little injury bugged a little bit. Jaron Curse, Donovan Wilson, uh, Malik Hooker, who was out before the game, so our three safeties got hurt during the game, which is not a good sign. Uh, we're gonna need all three of those guys as we get later into the season. Anthony Barr went down, which is a critical loss. He's a Pro Bowl caliber linebacker. Um, so injuries are starting to pile up with Dallas, but probably the most concerning to me, which is the reason why I would say I wasn't like jumping for joy, um, with this win, just because the run defense is still a little shaky. Um, I think we gave up 240 yards rushing to the bears. And I know Justin Fields is, I know Justin Fields is a mobile quarterback, but yeah, you do that in the playoffs. That's a that's a no no. So we gotta we gotta well. fix that. I don't know if it's a it's the way the guys are playing. That I know. That's that's just not good. Like you can't do that in the playoffs and expect to win when you're playing teams like Philly, the 49ers. That's just not gonna it's not gonna cut it. So we got to fix that up. And then that kind of goes into, you know, this trade deadline for the NFL. I think we need to make some moves, but we can probably talk about that in a little bit. But overall, um, Dallas did what they had to do, right? When you play a super, uh, inferior opponent, you always want to get them playing from behind, just stepping on their stepping on their throat from the start. And that's exactly what happened. And you get out to a 14-0 lead, 28-7. to 
um, that's exactly what you want to do to start the game. And there was a little scare, a little bit, maybe at the end of the second quarter, beginning of the third, but things kind of weathered, weathered out a little bit. Um, but I'll take this win. It's a good win going into the bye week. And now we can kind of focus on fixing up that run defense because once we fix that, and if our offense keeps building this momentum, hey, sky's the limit for this team. So overall, good win. I'm ready for the bye week. Gives me a little bit of time to relax, not stress about football for two weeks. <laughs> so I'm happy with this 6-2 and two start. All right. Well, yeah, I mean, Dak looked good. Um, he's, I think he shook off the rust. Looks like he's back now um like you said i mean like we've been saying all year tony pollard is the guy right i think that was pretty evident you know 14 carries 131 yards uh, yeah he had that big 54 yard run but uh he just looks like uh the better back to me you know like more of an every down kind of back and just you know he he's just so explosive right when he touches the ball um i thought you know his 50 that 54 yard run was nice right just showed that burst but to me it was his first touchdown uh i oh, thought that was the would... best run of the day uh he had that nice cut at the end nice cut back Ooh, on the safety that was yeah. sweet no that was i i thought that was his best move uh and run of the day so it's just like, you know, that's that's probably what makes, you know, the, the elite guys elite, right? Like Saquon, uh, Derrick Henry, guys that can just have a way to get by you. Saquon's going to probably juke you out. Derrick Henry's going to run through you or stiff arm you. Uh, but the elite running backs, right, have a way to uh, make guys miss when it counts. And I, I think I can legitimately see that coming out of Tony Pollard. And I can really see, uh, you know, even if Jerry is going to be stubborn and wants to run Zeke uh, just because he paid him, I still think that's fine because I think you can go to just just split them. Like, you know, I, I get wanting to get Zeke your touches. That's fine. But I don't want to see no 20 carries to 10 anymore. Right? It. If you're going to run the ball around 30 times, 15, 15, 16, 14, like it has to be like that. Like exactly what the Bears did, right? Herbert and Montgomery pretty much split. Um, and that they they had 240 yards on the ground. Yeah. So defense got to shore up a little bit. Um, Trayvon should have had a pick, but it got called back, right? On the roughing the pass here. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Chauncey. But, you know, um, this Bears team, I think they're just trending in the right direction, too. So they're a young team. They're getting better every week. And, you know, I, I think you got to give a little bit of props to the Bears, especially Justin Fields, who, uh, you know, the two of us, anyway, uh, during the offseason, we said that we thought Justin Fields, right, was going to be the quarterback out of that uh, 2021 class to really be the most impressive and i think so far he has been uh this year you know didn't have such a good start but uh he's picked it up 
recently with his play. And now, you know, Jacksonville, I think, has lost four straight. Uh, Zach Wilson looked terrible against New England, right? So I really think now it's Justin Fields starting to emerge as uh, the top guy from, from his class. And um, I didn't even need to talk about uh, Mac Jones, right? <laughs> might be might be getting QB2 right on his team. QB2. <laughs> so... Yeah. Uh but I like what I see out of Justin Fields. Um I, I think he he's getting better every week. He's getting more comfortable as an NFL quarterback, I think. And he's just the dude is just so athletic though. I mean, as a runner, he, he's probably second to Lamar, I would say, with the ball in his hands as a quarterback. Um, you know, him and maybe Kyler pretty even, but he's a little He's more know. physical. He, yeah, he's a little he's more. He's a physical he, he's runner. He's bigger though. He's, yeah. he's bigger than Kyler. So, yeah, he he'll he can break a tackle or two. Uh, Kyler, if you touch him, he's probably gonna go down. But you gotta catch him. You can't get right. You, you probably can't catch Kyler. So, uh, but yeah, good good win out of the Cowboys, six and two, um, right in there with Philly for for the division lead. Now you just gotta hope Philly drops the game, but their schedule looks super easy. I don't know. Uh, that one might be tough to catch them, honestly. Just just based on strength of schedule, um, I don't know. But if anything, you'll be the highest wild card seed <laughs> in the <laughs> NFC. That's for sure. With how uh, how this is looking, but um, yeah. Well, good win for the Cowboys. Glad Dak is back and healthy. Good for my fantasy team. So we'll take it. And Justin Fields is on my fantasy team too now. <laughs> Dropped him to waivers and picked him back up. Okay, see, here's the question though. You got Monty and Herbert. Who do you start? Or is it <laughs> is it just at the point where you start both? Like, what do you even... <laughs> Well, last year I had Pollard and Zeke, and I started both. Granted, my team was terrible last year, so I had no choice. But I don't know. I mean, looking at their, their I, splits, though, I like Herbert, Herbert looks a little better. He's almost like the Tony Pollard of this group. Looks right? more explosive than Monty Just a little, a little bit. bit. I mean, Montgomery's still solid, but that that fumble was costly. Um, oh, I love him for that though. But Justin Fields, like, did he forget the rules? Like, maybe he forgot he thought it was college for a second, or. Maybe he just assumed like he was down. Yeah, he was down, and he didn't want to get like penalized or something. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Either way. That was probably the dagger that that sealed him, I think. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. Well, good week for Cowboys. Uh, let's transition over now to our other team we talk about. So first, I want to get into Dolphins game. Uh, I don't have a ton to say about this one, honestly. Uh, I mean, you know, Tua looked good. Uh, their defense is going to need to step up on the road. I think during the game, you know, the announcer said that the Miami defense is allowing 15 points per game at home, but 30 points or something on the road. And that's not going to cut it, right? We're playing. It's still October, right? Just wait till we start getting into, you know, the later parts of the year, January, right? Uh, you the defense needs to get sh- uh, short up for sure as well as the penalties there were a ton of penalties in this game uh both sides i think 
the Dolphins could have been penalized for like 16 penalties, but nine of them were declined in this game. So they got to clean it up both sides of the ball. Um, But, you know, offensively, I mean, Tua looks good. He, I think he was a little rusty last week against Pittsburgh, right? He was coming off, obviously, that major concussion, you know, really scary, kind of get getting his feet back under him. And then this game, you know, I mean, we can just see what this offense can do with Tua and all his weapons that are healthy. I mean, Tyreek, 12 for 188, and Jalen Waddle, 8 for 106 with two touchdowns. Um, you know, Gasecki's in there catching touchdowns, picking up key third downs too. It's just, you know, it's it's a it's literally a track meet. It's what you know, Tua and this Dolphins uh, offense with Mike McDaniel is living up to the hype right now. Um, and Tua had a day. I mean, ninety two point eight QBR, three eighty two, three touchdowns. Should have been four, uh, because he he threw a slant to the receiver uh Trent Sherfield and he dove into the end zone and he they when they replayed it he was in but the officials didn't call it and no one challenged it for some reason. So I mean they ended up scoring a touchdown anyway, but he should have four touchdowns through there. Um but yeah it was just a good good showing from this this offense that even if they get down early, they were down 14-0 early. Um granted it was Detroit, right? Detroit's defense is on par to be like something like the worst defense ever or something like like something crazy like that. They I were, know as of last week they were. They're I don't know about now. I mean they let up 31 points. I I can't imagine it got that much better. Um but yeah, it they got a lot of stuff to clean up. Offensively, they look not bad, honestly. Uh, you know, Amon Ra, Jamal Williams, DeAndre, and they they got guys. It's just they're just not there yet. I think as a team, um, but good win for Miami on the road though. So hey, you want to know a secret why Miami has so many penalties? It's because they have that guy on the line. <laughs> you know, he used to play for Dallas for four years. You no, know, you know it's he is curse. It's a curse. I, I think Pro Football Focus it's has a curse. Him ranked in like the top five centers or something in the league. Ever since he to, moved over to center. I well, I don't buy any of that. Pro <laughs> football focus. They saw the tape for the past four years in Dallas. That dude is god awful. So help help pray for the Dolphins. I that's all I gotta say. Good luck. Good luck. <laughs> but he'll he'll come back to get you when you need him most. <laughs> all right. That's all. Well, that's all I gotta say. <laughs> Hoping that moment doesn't come, Connor Williams, but uh it's from coming from a spiteful Dallas Cowboys fan so don't worry about it um but Miami five and three looking good now uh they got like I said this is a key month for them right Matt like I said uh because their December schedule is really tough so hopefully they can take care of business I think this next coming week it's kind of a trap game because they play Chicago in Chicago and uh, Chicago's offense has been looking better Miami's defense is terrible on the road I'm a little worried about this game. I just I just hope Tua and the offense can keep their thing going, especially since the Bears lost Roquan Smith too, as well as Robert Quinn the past two weeks, right? So I'm hoping that, you know, they're just going to start tanking. 
uh, for their picks, try to rebuild around Justin Fields. So looking good for Miami. They should be able to take care of business. Um, Next game, probably the craziest game of the weekend, Atlanta and Carolina battling it out, as we all suspected, uh, for the first, first place, place in the NFC South. Uh, luckily, you know, uh, Atlanta came out with a victory, but it was not pretty and it was pretty terrifying. So, I mean, I just, we just have to recap the last, uh, what, five, 10 minutes of the game, right? (laughs) Well, we can really just talk about the last minute if we're being honest. So, um, so for those of you that weren't keeping up with all the craziness this weekend, uh, basically Atlanta had the lead late in the game, right? And uh, they end up kicking a field goal with about 50 seconds left, something like that. And uh, they go up six, right? So at this point, I'm thinking, all right, you know, don't give up a touchdown. This game's over, right? Nothing deep. Don't get beat deep. But you know what? It's the Atlanta Falcons. And there were all these memes, right? It's always the memes about the Falcons, right? Ever since the 28-3, and even before that, oh, Falcons are going to choke. Atlanta's going to choke. Atlanta's going to choke. But it's, you know, until you really start following and have a player on the team that you root for, do you start to feel that pain that all the Atlanta fans know? So go back to week one against the Saints. Talk about the roughing the passer, right, against the Bucks, but to have your defense with 40 seconds left, right? Actually, I'm sorry. It was less than 40 seconds because there were 12 seconds left. So to give up a 67-yard Hail Mary with 12 seconds left on the game clock to their best receiver and get beat deep Okay, Matt, granted, uh, we have never played football, right? I will say we have never played, like, any varsity football, you know, nothing like that. But we do watch a lot of football, right? I think that's pretty fair. We're a little more than casual observers of football, right? How do you... I would say so. How, as defenders, right, in that situation, do you allow anyone to get by you? To the end zone like it's one thing if right the safety or that deep uh defender right is playing all the way back at the end zone pj walker chucks up a hail mary and dj moore goes down there and out jumps you right like d hop did uh in arizona right that's something else but to get beat running down the field in that situation i'd like that one hurt me almost as much as when Joe Flacco threw a bomb on Peyton Manning's Denver Broncos and their safety backpedaled and like stumbled to get to lose that game. It, it like that's what I was having flashbacks of. So keep in mind it was Marcus's birthday yesterday. Okay. It was his birthday. That was his birthday game. And if he had lost that game from that play it would probably be the worst 29th birthday you could ever have (laughs) 
as a foot as a starting quarterback in the NFL, right? But lo and behold, DJ Moore wants to be traded out of Carolina. So what does he do? <laughs> he takes off his helmet <laughs> in a celebration. Uh, Arthur Smith, you know, props to him, takes the 15-yard penalty, right, to push back Eddie Pinero, who had been looking pretty decent up until this point. 48-yard extra point goes wide left. We go into OT. Uh, of course, Atlanta gets the ball first. What does Marcus do? Gets hit as he throws, going deep, gets picked off. Uh, Carolina takes it all the way back to the 20-yard line of Atlanta. I'm like, okay, this game's over. He blew it. Uh, sure enough, Eddie Pinero gave Marcus his best birthday present he could ask for. Shanks a 33-yard field goal, wide left, uh, giving the Falcons life again. They go down the field. Uh, he has a nice 30-yard run there. Young Waku is money. Falcons win it. First place in the division. And, um, you know, it wasn't pretty, Matt, but they somehow got the job done. I don't know. It's like all of Atlanta's bad curses and juju went into this game against Carolina. I mean, you talk about the 15-yard penalty, two missed kicks after a pick, right? I mean, it's like both not neither team really wanted to win this game. And, but Atlanta, you know, props to them. They, they gutted this one out and came out with the win. It wasn't pretty, but, you know, we'll take first place in the division. Matt. That's all I got. Hey, that's say. all that matters, right? Is if you're in first, are you in position to be in the playoffs? And right now they're they're gonna host the home playoff game if the season ends today against Dallas. That's what it would be. Oh so that would really? be That'd that be... would be that would be a interesting matchup. And that would be interesting, if, you know, right? Because um, you know, usually I would say Dallas in a stomp, but just because of how Dallas's defense, right, their biggest flaw right now is that run game, right? Like we just said. And what is Atlanta's strength right now? They got four guys in the backfield that they use to just run run the ball. I, I think they're like top five in the league in rushing. So that would honestly be a pretty interesting game, I think. I still think Dallas would win, but I think that would be a pretty interesting game. And uh, Marcus has a thing for beating your Cowboys. So, oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that Thanksgiving game last year. That was not, that was not pretty. Uh, you never know. Hey, but I was just thinking about it. So Eddie Pinheiro, he has probably the worst game of the year as a kicker. Wasn't he the kicker for the Bears when he missed the? They missed that kick against the Eagles. He, no, with that Nick was, Foles. That was Parkey. Was that him? Oh, that was Cody Parkey. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Cody Parkey had the double doink. Oh, I thought it was this guy. I was like, oh my goodness, I feel so bad. <laughs> no, Pinheiro. Yeah, I think he also was a Bears kicker, but he got released. But, um. Yeah, that was a brutal game. For that's him. the I mean, that's the life of a kicker. Kicker, right? I mean, you miss two games, you might lose your. I mean, you miss two kicks in a game, you probably will lose your job unless yeah. you're Justin Tucker or Harrison Butker, really. <laughs> so, tough life to be a kicker. Yeah. But I mean, DJ Moore, like, what? I don't know what he was thinking on that. He's probably just so excited, like, right? And what? you probably don't like, think you're like ah. Whatever, fifteen yards doesn't matter. We still got this game easy. 
But I, like, I feel like guys have done that. Like Diggs, I think of Stefan Diggs on the Minneapolis Miracle, right? He game's over. Like he's taking off his helmet. But like, I feel like the game was over, right? There was still time on the clock when DJ yeah. Moore started yeah. ramping. It's like they won the game with no time left. So I just think he, you know, he's been in the league for, you know, a while. And I know he has a lot of pent up emotion right now. I'm sure he does. But, but I mean, as a veteran, I think you got to be able to, to keep your composure a little better. And lo and behold, that cost him. <laughs> Maybe not for him. He might get traded because yeah. of that. <laughs> but hey, he hey there's always a spot in Big to, D. Though. Oh, God. Everyone can always go there, huh? Uh, yeah, just it was just like the perfect storm for the Falcons to win that game. Kind of ridiculous. Happy birthday, Marcus. You deserve that. One. Uh, and then, all right. Well, last game that I really want to get into, uh, Bucks and the Ravens. So, Bucks now three and five. Ravens sitting at five and three, first in that division. All right, Matt. We asked this last week, but. Is it panic time now for the Bucks? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no yet. I mean, do I think they're going to win the, the NFC? No. But I still think this division is the weakest in football right now. And it's just hard to bet against Tom Brady. It's hard to do that. I mean, he's no, no offense to these quarterbacks, but Marcus Mariota... Jameis Winston slash Andy Dalton and now PJ Walker. None of those guys should scare Tom Brady. Uh, let's be honest. So, and they're only one game out, right? Half a game. Yeah. So they, they really have, you know, the floor is theirs. They control their own destiny and maybe this outside, you know, yeah. weight off of Tom's shoulders now might help him with his on-field play. So I think Tom is still the man to beat in this division. Yeah, maybe no wife equals win games for a 45-year-old quarterback now. <laughs> I don't know. He doesn't have distractions at home of a, you know, gorgeous supermodel wife uh, yeah. and, a, and a perfect life at he... home. Who wants that? Ill. <laughs> no, thanks. Give me football. <laughs> I want to play football. That's yeah. Who doesn't want fifty-fifty do. family time with football? It's yeah. all hundred percent football oh, right now. Yeah, that's maybe five percent of your time can go with the kids now, right? But you know, let Giselle handle them. <laughs> I don't need that. I don't need that distraction in my life. <laughs> I'll take football any day. So, you know, good thing for football. We got Brady for ten more years. Um. Maybe at least ten more years, we'll see. Um, but you know, maybe maybe Tommy, this is what he needed. Maybe he's just gonna be angry Tom the whole year. You know, uh, all that pent up rage now. I'm gonna, gonna make have. a bold prediction. <laughs> oh God, what? I'm making a bold prediction. I think he balls out next game. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, we don't want to see angry Tom back. But Matt. <laughs> let's let's revisit this next week. We gotta come back to to the Bucks next week, whoever they play. Uh, we'll 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 come back to this. Uh, see if it really was having a gorgeous supermodel wife that uh is is the key to 
you know, holding holding these great quarterbacks back. <laughs> um. Okay. <laughs> well, let's get in to our midseason review. So we, you know, we had our quarter season predictions. I guess we did the preseason one. Maybe it was so long ago I didn't write it down. I forgot already. But I know we did the the quarter season predictions there. Um. Let's see. Let's get into our mid-season predictions. Oh, Matt, are you still there? Can you hear me? Matt. Yep, I'm here. Oh, okay. I think you're lagging or something, but um anyway, let's get into our mid-season predictions. So I guess we'll revisit AFC first. Uh I'll go to the east, Matt. You know, it's a little tighter with the Jets being up there now than we expected. But AFC East, I think we both still got the Bills. Is that pretty safe to say? Yep. Bills, that's their division and their conference to win. So I don't think we're going to debate that. All right. Sounds good. We we still got the Bills. Uh, Let's move to the to the south first afc south so i'm gonna stick with my titans a pick that i had you know even with malik willis in uh derrick henry is back in prime derrick henry form king henry's back so i got i got the titans uh i'm guessing you might change up your pick a little bit from from the colts but i don't, I don't know that's up to you I think I got to jump off that bandwagon. I mean, Matt Ryan's bench now. Uh, <laughs> Jonathan Taylor looks awful. So I got to concede. I'm going to go with the king. King of the South. Uh, Tennessee's division to win now, unfortunately. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's jump to the north. So interesting game. You know, the Bengals tonight had a chance to make that division really close, but Joe Burrow cannot beat the Browns, I guess. Um, I don't know if you heard, Matt. Joe Burrow has never beaten the Browns in his career. And, you know, they needed a win tonight to keep pace with the Ravens and couldn't do it. Um, you know, no Jamar Chase. But what what is the thing we keep saying about this team, Matt? When they struggle, they need to run the football with Joe Mixon, right? We say that time and time again. Uh, and you know, tonight, Joe Mixon, uh, I think seven carry, oh, eight carries for 27 yards. Uh, I mean, really in a, you didn't have anything going offensively, right? Something's got to change. You're still in the game. Even at, at the half, it's an 11 to zero game. You know, you still have, uh, time to run the ball. You're not down two, three scores, right? Uh, also, I mean, you know. You're not down a ton, exactly. right? You're down two scores, but it's 11 points. It's 11-0. It's not 14-0, right? Uh, you still have time to run the ball, but, you know, Zach Taylor refuses to run the ball. Uh, Joe Burrow's getting sacked like crazy out there. He had five sacks. One of them cost him a fumble, right? Uh, I don't get why this team doesn't like to run the ball with, with Joe Mixon, but uh, I, I still got Baltimore just because you know, Lamar's been playing well, and Ravens are are stocking up. They got Roquan Smith today. I like that move for them. Uh, their defense, once they get healthy again, 
uh i think they can they can take this division and i think um yeah i think they're just a little bit better than the bengals right now yeah i'm gonna have to agree with that i think i had the ravens from the start so i'm sticking with them lamar is i said the best quarterback in that division so it's really hard to pick against that kind of logic and to, like you said rokon smith perfect fit for that ravens defense and they need help too so it's like a match made in heaven so i think the ravens got this division if they can just keep doing their thing so they'll be fine there all right um and then afc west we both got the chiefs chiefs yeah next (laughs) Not, not much to say there uh nfc east we're probably gonna have the same picks i still got the eagles i'm guessing you still got the cowboys yeah, we're only two games back. It's not right. over yet. And we we still got to play Philly again, so it's not over. It's not over. All right. Uh, NFC North, I think this one is looking like a wrap now. I think Minnesota is <laughs> just going to take it. Uh, it's going to have to take a huge collapse from Minnesota, I think, in the second half. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's Minnesota's division to lose now. Yep. I have to concede. Sorry, Aaron. You had your chance Sorry, to prove Aaron. it. I'm jumping off that train. Minnesota's no. division to win now. No Devontae, no win. Um, all right. Well, I'll jump to the south. I got my boy Marcus. <laughs> Nine and eight Atlanta Falcons are gonna win the division, Matt. That's my prediction. I'm gonna stick with my pick. I'm sticking with my guy. Brady is still the man. I mean, it's hard to bet against him and it's the weakest division in football, and let's just say they're healthy. I think they're still going to be there at the end. So, I still got the Bucks in All the right. south. You're just playing it safe. I'm going, going spicy with with the. Hey, the Bucks are of... are losing the division right now, so <laughs> you're playing it safe. <laughs> I, I'm just playing a little bit of a homer, you know. So, uh, got to cheer on my boy. Uh, last but not least, Matt, probably the most interesting division now. Uh, with Seattle, the emergence of Seattle. I still got the Niners just because how good they look without Debo Samuel this past Sunday. I really like what Geno Smith and Pete Carroll are, are doing up in Seattle, but I just can't pick against uh, how good the 49ers look on paper. Yep. Like I said, Trey Lance goes down, Jimmy G's in. They're going to win the division. And I think they just got a whole lot better. As long as Christian McCaffrey stays healthy, I'll say that. That's a big if. But I think they're going to win this division. Uh, they got a lot of weapons offensively, and Debo was not playing. So imagine what it's like guarding all of them. Good luck. <laughs> That's a scary offense uh, to yep. think about. But okay. Well, that was a nice little midseason review. Uh, you know, a couple surprises in there. I think Minnesota's probably the biggest one to me. Um, but, you know. We will we will revisit this obviously at the end of the season, but uh, yeah, let's wrap up this football talk. We'll take a little bit of a break and uh, get into some World Series action. So uh, baseball, oh. yeah, yes, Matt, baseball first, baseball <laughs> and then UH. That's the plan. Uh, okay. Let's get in to some World Series talk, right? Uh, Phillies and the Astros. We talked about it last week with Wade. Uh, Phillies, we're going to have to get hot, stay hot with their hitting. 
and um uh, you know that was the way they were going to be able to get um to to Houston right because i think we all agreed Philly probably doesn't have the arms to keep up with Houston um but you know game 1 and game 2 are done now A series is tied one apiece it's heading back to Philly uh the game 3 was supposed to be tonight but there is a delay due to the weather um so now we got three games in a row uh back to back to back in Philly so you know hopefully they can close it out there and that would be pretty nice but uh, I guess we'll have to see but let's get into game 1 so game 1 this is probably the most surprising game uh I think of the playoffs so far so obviously Kyle Tucker starts off hot against Nola, right? Um, you know, two home runs. And I'm not going to lie, Matt, at that point, I thought the game was just over, right? It was 5-0 going um, in the third inning. Houston had all the momentum there at home. And probably most importantly, they had Justin Verlander, Cy Young. He's probably going to win the Cy Young this year. Uh, on the mound, right? And, uh, but, you know, these fight and fills, man, that's why you play all nine innings of baseball, right? That is why, um, you know, we love this game so much because it's not like football, it's not like basketball where there's a clock. It is, you need to get 27 outs regardless, right? Um, so you always have a chance in this game. And, I mean, that's why we love it. That's why we talk about it so much. Uh, that's why we play it to this day still. So, um, game one, Matt, what, I guess, were you, are you more surprised at the Phillies hitting or uh, the Astros kind of, you know, not crumbling, but uh, kind of took a, you know, they gave Philly their haymaker, Philly hung in there, you know, swung back, and then the Astros kind of fizzled out. So are you more surprised at the Astros fizzling or uh, the Phillies coming back and uh, kind of stunning them? I'm more surprised that Houston blew it because I'm like you. I was like, oh, man, Tucker just hit his second home run. Like, they're just so loud in the dome, 5-0. They got their ace on the mound. It, it, I, th- I, thought, I thought it was done, at least, but... Yeah, it, it's it's shocking to see a team with playoff experience blow a lead. I'll say that. Like, if this was Philly, you know, they get up 5-0, Houston comes back. I, I can kind of see that just because of the experience factor. But for Houston to, to blow that game, you know, with all the, all the playoff experience that they have, very uncharacteristic, especially with Justin Verla on their own mound. And all I got to say is, Verlander has not been outside of the Yankees who look terrible hitting. I mean, he hasn't really done that well in his playoff yeah, starts. Like sharp. the Mariners got to him. Yankees, they, they stink at hitting, so doesn't really count there. But the Phillies, um, to me, like that was a exhibition in terms of how they came back, right? A lot of teams, they're gonna rely on the long ball, but there was no home run in that rally outside of the Rio Muto home run in the 10th. Like it was all 
putting together tough at bats, getting two strike hits, uh, working the count, and then getting timely clutch base hits. I mean, that was just beautiful to see. As a Yankee fan, I was like, why can't my team just do that? But, you know, we'll talk about them next year. I was also thinking about my dog. Yeah, but that was a very impressive performance by the Phillies. Um, and really, you could see their top-heavy lineup, you know, kind of showing and flexing their muscle. Um, Schwarber was getting on. Rio Mutil had the game, probably. he was. I would say he was probably the MVP of that game. Harper is Bryce Harper. So, yeah, very, very uncharacteristic for Houston to blow that that lead, I would say, to answer your question. Yeah, I mean... I, I was just surprised that, like, I mean, we're going to talk about this, but Verlander, right, of all guys, uh, you know, I don't know exactly what's going on with him, but he was absolutely dominating these guys that first time through the lineup. Uh, He didn't let on a single guy, right? He was perfect through three, and then the wheels just, just fell off in the fourth and the fifth. And then, you know, Houston with their, you know, star-studded roster – couldn't manage a single run from that, you know, explosion and all that momentum that they had going early. So I, I was just, yeah, I was pretty surprised. Um, Houston couldn't muster at least one. But if we really do want to get into that game, right? So the end of that game, I think we should talk about too. Uh, right? So it's the bottom of the 10th. There's a runner on first and second, right? Um, two outs at this point. And so um, there's a wild pitch <laughs> by David Robertson, right? Former Yankee. Um, yeah, World Series winner at the Yankees. World Series winner, lots of playoff experience, right? So he spikes it. Oh, okay. Actually, it was. I think it was before he spiked it. Or was it after he spiked it? When he, when he got hit? It was after he spiked. Oh no, it, it had to have been after, right? Yeah. So he spikes the he spikes the curveball. Uh, the runners from first and second move to second and third. Um, Aledmius Diaz, right, is the batter. So David Robertson throws him a curveball inside uh, on one pitch. It just misses him first, right? It just misses him. Uh, he's able to get out of the way. Next pitch that he throws, same curveball. He leans into it. But, like, it was an obvious So obvious. So obvious, like. Honestly, if he had just turned naturally, I think you could, he would have gotten on. Like, but it was just the way that he turned. Like, he so obviously stuck his left arm out to get hit by the pitch, right? And it just was not, it was not a, not even close. Like, I think the home plate umpire saw it and was able to call it, right? So now it's 3-0. and And to me, this next pitch is the worst pitch of the at-bat. Right, so it's three and zero. David Robertson throws him a hard breaking ball low. Right, it's a three zero. Would have been a ball. He swings and misses. Not even close. Doesn't even touch the ball. Right, so he had a three zero green light, and he chooses to swing at David Robertson's probably best pitch of of his you know outing. It was a three. It was a nasty like I don't know if it was a slider or really hard tight curveball that he throws. I'm not sure sure what it's a it tight was. curve. That's what he that, throws. That tight curve. That because he has two, right? They were saying he has the, the looping curve and he has a tighter curve, right? Yeah. 
So he threw that tight curve and it was good. It was a good pitch. It started right, right at the knees, dropped right below the zone. But you're swinging at a 3 0 <laughs> curveball. I don't know if he was sitting fastball. He thought it was a fastball. Uh, it was just a great pitch or what. But, you know, uh, needless to say, late. Very next pitch, he grounds out to third. Game's over, you know. And uh, to me, that's probably the sequence that lost Houston to Houston the game there, right? Um, and I guess now the guy that has been killing Houston is Trey Mancini, right? He doesn't have a hit, I think, in these in playoffs. The playoffs. In the entire playoff run, he is he is yet to have a hit. So, you know, that's his spot. And he was a solid hitter for the Orioles, right? You know Trey Mancini very well. Um, but you know, he's known for being a good hitter. You know, he, he was their DH, but Dusty didn't feel like he could trust Trey Mancini there. So you put in Diaz and, you know, he's not as experienced as Trey Mancini. He hasn't been around as long, but man, to me, I, I was even, I was stunned. I'm like, you're giving this guy the three old green light, you know, runners on second and third two outs like i don't even care if i had a green light i'm taking right um and actually i'm sorry Alemius diaz i don't know why i thought he was a rookie just now he's been around for a minute too right He he's been around the league for a while so i'm pretty sure he was an all-star too with st louis like yeah, when he I first know. came in see i i do actually sorry yeah i don't know why i thought he was such a maybe because it was such an interest i was to me that's like seemed like a rookie it's a mistake. rookie mistake yeah, yeah. god but actually, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's been in. So he's been in the league for a while. Um, I don't know. I just I don't understand in that situation. But to me, that that was an absolute killer um, for Philly for I'm sorry, for Houston. And, uh, you know, the Phillies, they did what they had to do. They got one at home or one in Houston against Verlander. So, um, yeah, I guess they did what they had to do. Matt, you got. Uh, any other key plays from that game you wanted to talk about? I do. So well, I want I want to go back to the Diaz at bat. So I think one of the things that made it as a as a baseball player that's so kind of dis, kind of disgusting to see is you know obviously we talked about yes he swung at the three zero pitch, but to, you got to take into account how Robertson's throwing the ball. Right, he wasn't really hitting his spots. I mean, he just bounced a, a wild pitch, you know, in the dirt, almost beans you, you know, on one pitch. Like, you have no business swinging at three and zero. Like, even if that's, that's a good Jordan Alvarez, like, you you got to make him throw a strike. Yeah. And why why in the heck are you swinging at a at a curve? Like, you got to be looking for a fastball to me if if you're or a hanging curve. So. I just think that was a terrible at bat based off of how Robertson was throwing the ball. But I want to say the one play that was pretty critical, actually it was very critical, was uh, in the bottom of the ninth. So Nick Castellanos Mm -hmm. makes a terrific sliding catch to save the game because if he doesn't make that catch, they lose. Um, And they said that he was the worst right fielder in baseball in terms Mm -hmm. of defensive metrics. So Props to him. I mean, as long as you make the play when it counts. So he he got a great jump on the ball. I thought it wasn't. I thought it was going to drop, based off of the way the crowd is reacting. But 
he used all of it, all of his uh, arms and legs to to get that one. But that was a terrific play by Castellanos. So I got to give that guy his flowers there. But one of the things that I wanted to talk about was, I think, kind of the MVP of this game unnoticed was their manager for the Phillies, Rob Thompson. I thought the way that he managed the bullpen in game one was phenomenal. Right? Aaron Nola struggles. So be it. They take him out. But they realized that, hey, it's game one of the World Series, and we're still in this game. We're going to throw our A bullpen. They they come in, they throw Alvarado, who I would say is probably him, Sir Anthony Dominguez, and maybe David Robertson. You know, those three guys have really been, you know, the A bullpen for Philly. And the fact that he threw Alvarado in the fifth, I think, um, you know, just sends a message to the team. Like, hey, like we're going all in for this win. Um, and credit to them. They did their job as a pitching staff. But I just think as a manager, when you send that message, like, hey, you know, we're going to go all in to win this game. We we believe that our guys can match up with theirs. And Houston's bullpen is is pretty darn good, too. So I just think the message that Rob Thompson sent to his team saying that we're going to go all in is is what you want to hear from as a team because I only say that because I know a manager um, who I'm very familiar with that decides to throw away game one and say, Oh my gosh, it's game one. We'll just get them next time when we're in a close game. I'm not going to say his name. I think Wade knows who this is. So Wade, I know if you're listening, I think you can relate to this, but that's all I got to say. Rob Thompson, fabulous job managing that rotation. Yeah, um, just on the points you just made. Yeah, so the Nick Cassianos, he he had an interview. Um, uh, I think they asked him, you know, hey Nick, uh, so you know, is there a difference? Like, what's the big difference for you, um, in playing defense in the regular season versus the postseason? Because you know, you made the the catch of the day to save the game, and <laughs> I I think he said like, you know, hundred. What do they play? 162? In a 162 game season, you know, it's it's just hard to keep your your focus for every single pitch uh that you're out there on the field for. So, you know, sometimes you get a little distracted, uh, get a little off. But you know, in the playoffs, it's great because you're forced to be locked in. Uh, <laughs> I just thought that was funny. He's just like, I he's like, Yeah, I'll, I'll give it whatever in the regular season. But I mean, hey, if he he if that's how he does it, um, and they survive the regular season playing defense like that um you know maybe that's just how he's wired but uh at least you know he said like hey i'm wired in on every single pitch in the in the postseason because uh i think if you're a phillies fan that's what you want to hear right so yeah uh and i was scared too because um you know it was pena and he's just been the guy right this postseason for houston so I was like, oh, man, of course this is going to drop. Especially after Altuve's one dropped, right? Um, remember how his dropped? It was like that high, high fly ball. They were playing him so deep that it just dropped no right, doubles in, defense. Yep, right into center field. Um, Then he steals second. I'm like, oh, boy, here we go. Um, You know, it was a great throw. That throw from Real Muto was a peg, too. It was just... You know, half a second too late, but 
yeah, I, this is going to be a fun series. So uh, let's move on to game two. Actually, before we do that, Kyle Schwarber, thank you uh, for stealing America their taco. Like everyone, oh, everyone predicted it would be Kyle Schwarber, right? <laughs> not Jose Altuve, you know, not Real Muto, who, by the way, is probably the best running catcher maybe in the history of the game. I don't know. But, I mean, it's hard to have 20-plus steals as a catcher, right? Um, but, yeah, thank you, Kyle Schwarber, for stealing America their taco from Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> like we all expected, right? Um, and then, yeah, so game two, uh, kind, this is kind of more or less what I think we expected, right? Houston got hot early. I think in the first four pitches, they had three doubles off three Zach Wheeler. You know, Matt, like I said, right, Um, to me, it wasn't going to be the Nola and Wheeler games. It was going to be the, the home games. So they, they did their job to, for me, right? They stole their stole their one game like they needed to. Um, But, yeah, I, I would like to see a different approach from these Philly starters uh, in game three from Syndergaard. Uh, hopefully, you know, he doesn't throw them great three games hittable pitches off the jump um because man yeah Altuve if Altuve got going in game two probably the last guy you want to see start to get going for Houston I feel like he's almost like their catalyst right when he's he's hot um they get they always have that leadoff guy on uh just boosts the confidence of that whole roster so that's the last guy I want to see getting hot um but you know Philly I I think they're definitely still in this it was a tough, tough game too, but um, you know, but even again, the thing that impressed me, you know, they're down five zero, right? Sixth inning, they're still not giving up, right? I mean, they scored two more runs in the seventh and the ninth, so it's not like they're out there giving up, right? Uh, they're still fighting to the end, and that to me, that's that's the thing I want to. That's see. momentum. Yeah, that yeah. that momentum count it matters, you know. Uh, I can go back to a Dodgers game the. The, the game that they won the World Series, right? Uh, they went down three to one in Atlanta to Atlanta, and um, their game, the game that they lost, uh, game four, right? Um, they had momentum in the later innings. Next game is the game they come out and hit the historic eleven run first inning, right? So th- that stuff matters. It com- it compounds, uh, gives gives teams confidence. So. Uh, I, I I still like Philly's chances. I, I think it gets a little difficult, though, just based on the starting pitching, that. But, uh, yeah, I, I think they, they have a chance, and I think they really can go win it in five or six. But, um, yeah, what what do you think, Matt? What do you think the, the keys are going to be now for Philly to be able to pull this one off based on what you've seen? Well, for what I've seen, so I think this range like kind of makes – things a little different. So I think Noah Syndergaard was supposed to start today, but they announced that Ranger Suarez is starting game three. Oh, okay. Tomorrow. And Nola's starting game four for the Phillies. So he was supposed to, that would be game five in the original schedule. So I think that's huge. I mean, if they can win tomorrow, I I think get Ranger Suarez that win if he produces I I think Aaron Nola will he's gonna bounce back. I, I trust Aaron Nola to bounce back. So my thing is Philly needs to win two out of three at home. Right? Two I mean, obviously they sweep them, that's great, but 
You win two out of three at home. You put yourself in a good position. You just don't want to go back to Houston down 3-2 because you're kind of sitting dead in the water there. But the thing that I want to see is I want to see Rob Thompson continue to manage aggressively. And with this two-day layoff, um, I want to see Jose Alvarado. I want to see Sir Anthony Dominguez, David Robertson. If they have to go two innings each, throw them two innings each. I think, you know, use that layoff to your advantage. And you got to trust your offense. I got to give credit to Valdez to me. Framla Valdez, starter for Houston in game two. That dude is is a beast. <laughs> so and really, I have no shame in, in, no shame in not being not being able to hit him because he's pretty filthy. His curveball has very late bite because it looks so juicy on the TV. It's like, wow, like how are they not hitting this guy? Like it's just a looping curve. Like just sit on that. But if you watch it closely, it, it, it loops, but then it breaks hard at the end. So that's, what's giving the hitters trouble. So got to give them a little pass on that. But to me, I think they got a, they got a real shot to, to take two out of three. I would say, and their offense is going to wake up in game three. Like we said, right? They got two runs late in the game. I know it was unearned, but they got a run off of Ryan Presley, which I think is good for confidence that you can you can score on their closer. So I think they're in a good position to me going home. And they got the crowd. That crowd is going crazy. Oh, man, I was going to say that Philly crowd. If someone goes deep, like I know Houston gets nuts, right? They get they they're rowdy. Uh, they got the tracks and everything, right? But, man, something about Philly this year and, uh, you know, just being in that ballpark, gosh, I, I think uh, if they can get something going early, um, you know, have a lead and, um, you know, I, in, in each of the games, get a lead while their starters are still in. Hopefully that'll um, extend the starters because I, th- I think that's going to be important. Um, because you know, we both we've said right, the Phillies' pen probably isn't as deep as Houston's. So to me, if you can get some runs early, right, you know, even if Wheeler and Nola aren't perfect, it won't force you know Thompson to go to his pen early, right? You can get him maybe three, four runs, uh, early. You know, I think I think that takes a little bit of the pressure off Thompson to go to the pen, you know, earlier than he would like to. Because, you know, one run game, uh, he, you know, a couple hits here and there, they tie the game at one. It's like, man, now do I, can I, should I pull him? Do I have to leave him in, you know, to save the arms, right? Because they've already been kind of going into this bullpen a little bit here. So I, I think, you know, it, it'll be really good if Philly can jump out early. Um against the Houston's uh, starters. So I'll be looking forward to that. And uh, go Phils. So, go Phils. Go Phils. Go David Robertson. Go former Yankee. You know, <laughs> Yankee at heart. Yeah. And I hope Bryce gets his, man. Uh, honestly, I don't hate Dusty. I'm just sad he's um, managing Houston. So uh, sorry, Dusty, but uh, I'm cheering for, for Bryce to get his. All right. Well, we'll look forward to to that, and uh, hopefully we can report back uh, good news next week. So we'll do a World Series recap next week. Uh, okay, Matt, let's get into 
our other segment. So, gotta talk about UH. Ah, <sighs> another tough Man, game. This team every time. Uh, so did you watch this game, Matt? I watched a little bit. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, yeah, because I didn't watch it. <laughs> I didn't watch it. So, um, let's hit the good points first. So Wade was telling me, and you have it in our notes here. Uh, Peter Manuma. Manuma, yeah. Right? Manuma, yeah. Oh, it's Manuma. Okay. Um, but yeah, anyway, he's a freshman safety or something. Uh, guess he's like a just a ball hawking safety. I hope we can hold on to him. Uh, cause I saw the two <laughs> picks, right? He he made two nice picks, you know, playing center field out there, reading the coverage, or sorry, reading the quarterback's eyes, um, playing good coverage. He was in the position to make the plays, so that's something to look forward to. Uh, you know, it's always nice to have a, a safety back there, ball hawking safety. That's always a threat, right? So, hopefully, we we can keep him. Uh, but Matt, how how did the offense look? Cause I I haven't heard good things about this offense. <laughs> Well, it's kind of the story of some of these UH games, right? Like, they just seem to they start fast and then they just fade at the end. <laughs> like that's just it's like the story. Like Vanderbilt, right? They come out, wow, first drive, we're all hump, piped up. Like, oh my god, like the Timmy Chang era is off to a great start. They start balling and then they just they just sink <laughs> for the rest of the game. And that was kind of the story of this game. Uh, they started off, you know, pretty well, I would say. Um, but Shager, I and just can't seem to get into a rhythm for an entire game. And to me, he took a little step back in terms of kind of being the, I guess you could say QB one for the future because we're not really playing for anything this year. But yeah, not not a very impressive. Like you know, his box score looks good, twenty three or forty five. Only 205 yards, which is a little concerning. Uh, two touchdowns, no picks, but just not not what you want to see, I think, out of a QB1 performance to me. Um, but I think what was a little concerning, too, is Dietrich Parsons got kind of shut down a little bit. And it seems like when he doesn't get going, we can't really do anything. So maybe that's the key, right? If we can get 31 the ball, we get him a lot of touches, I think good things will happen. Like 12 carries for 29 yards. I mean, come on. I need to see at least he's in college. I need to see 25 touches a game. He can handle it. And I know they're trying to split time with Tylen Hines and all. Like he's good. I gotta admit, he's a yeah, he's a Hines good is, back. Hines is pretty good too. Good back. But I don't think they're at the level to be splitting touches 50-50 yet. I think it should be more Parsons, maybe seven, like seventy percent of the touches to me, and Hines comes in to spell Parsons when he needs a break. Because right now, DJ Parsons, too, I mean, he's their leading receiver <laughs> as a running back. Not what you want to see. So, I think they just need to figure out a way to get Parsons going, establishing him on the ground. Um, but just they just got to develop rhythm and. I was listening to the to the fan phones with Gary Dickman on the radio too, and he made a good he made a good point too. So they said that UH they're like they're like stuck in between what offense to run. Like they said they were gonna go back to the run and shoot, but now they're they're like thinking like oh maybe we gotta incorporate what we started with the entire season or from the start of the season, 
So it's like, just just pick something <laughs> at this point. Pick an offense, master it, and move forward. Like I don't know what what their deal is in terms of figuring out and making decisions. They took forever to pick Shager as their quarterback. They're taking forever to p- figure out an offensive scheme. Like to me, I guess that's not Shager's fault too, right? Because in a way, maybe you're learning two different playbooks. I don't know. <laughs> so that's something that the coaching staff needs to take accountable, right? This you're already what nine games into the season and you don't know what kind of offense you're going to run, like that's unacceptable to me. That's bad coaching. That's a lack of experience, um, and th- and they got to fix that. But that's the offensive side of the ball. The defensive side, yeah, you know, typical Oof. defense, right? They three hundred and sixty-five yards rushing allowed. Hundred and sixty-five yards. It, it, oh my like goodness. you can't i you can't win games like that i don't care how good your offense is you're not gonna win a game if you give up 365 yards rushing almost like that new mexico state game right this guy peasley the quarterback had 76 yards passing he had two picks too <laughs> so it's not like this guy's he's not josh allen at wyoming <laughs> so i mean what do we say right if this quarterback's not going to beat you with his arm stop Stop the run, put everyone in the box, and make this guy beat you. He was hurting them with their legs too, which is really frustrating. So it's just that that lack of defensive scheming and you know hitting the gaps, right? That comes on the linebackers. You guys gotta, you guys are that layer of defense to to stop the running backs, and they're getting to the second level way too easily. I mean, look at this guy, DQ James. 14 carries, 179 yards, 13 yards a carry. I mean, this guy, like Neely, four carries, 81 yards, 20 20 yards a carry. Quarterback had two rushing touchdowns. I mean, that's just hard to win like that. It's hard to win when you don't stop the run, unless you're Dallas. (laughs) But they're in the NFL. We're a lower-tier Division I program, so (laughs) it's a little different. But... Kind of the story of the whole UH season, right? I mean, they just start strong, give you false hope, and then, yep, shattered at the end. Oh, boy. All right, well, we knew it was going to be a rough year. We're not we're not bandwagon fans, right, Matt? We, we were going. We were always the season ticket families. Um, yes, I know. So frustrating. During the dark days. So we're not we'll never quit on UH football uh unless you know there's no program. I pray that they, <laughs> they can keep this program. I so hope they can keep this program. Uh cuz when UH football is winning it's fun, right? Like the whole island gets involved. Uh everyone starts to watch. It's a fun time when UH football is winning. So hopefully we can return to those winning ways soon. Um you know, but we'll give Timmy this year cuz we knew it was going to be tough for him. Uh, hopefully he can impress some recruits to stay. I don't, I don't know. Just hope Manama stays right. <laughs> and Parsons, we yeah. need him too. <laughs> Let, let's hope all those guys stay on board. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, that's enough UH football talk. Uh, let, let's just, we can touch on basketball real quick, Matt. Um, I'll I'll go first. Talk about my Lakers. This is not a Lakers jersey. If you you missed it, this is a Will Smith jersey. Um, <laughs> not wearing that that sad team right now. So the Lakers have one win 
think they're one five. Woo! Um, it's just frustrating because it's I've been it, it was everything I've been saying for the past two years now. Ever since they won in the bubble, we need shooters. We need three point shooters on the perimeter, guys that can play defense. And what did LeBron say? Literally say in a press conference. He he said we don't have lasers. We we don't play like that. Uh, lasers meaning guys that can shoot from three. Uh, so even LeBron knows it. You know he he acknowledges it too. You know maybe they found their rhythm though. Uh, they got their first win finally. Russ came off the bench. Uh, maybe you know this is the start of a nice little run. Uh, it's still really early in the season. No reason to be panicking crazy. Still got LeBron, and LeBron still looks great. I mean, he's, what, 38 now? Um, year 20. Year 20, he's 38 years old. And he still looks athletic. I mean, he's still dunking with ease, uh, still running the floor really well. So I, LeBron could probably play for another five years if he wants to. Like, with how he looks athletically, I definitely think he could. Um, but, you know, I'm just hoping the Lakers – figured something out if they're gonna hang on to russ um yeah hopefully they they talk to him and he's comfortable in this role right now but um yeah oh. do, you, do you like russ coming off the bench though i, I mean, think I they like found him. something with that i do like him coming off the bench with that second unit um uh, because you know it we knew it was gonna be tough with russ on the team right with lebron he, we know he's the point guard. We know he's been the point guard on his team for the past 10 years at this point, pretty much, right? Um, and Russ is a ball-dominant scoring guard. Like, yes, he'll get his assists, um, but we know he, he's out there to score more than anything, right? So I think you play him with the second unit. Um, you can play him in the late, late in the game. But I, I just think when he's in that second unit, he's free to be Russ, right? He's not forced to stand in a corner. He's not forced to just, you know, be off ball. He can play how, you know, that ISO, whatever ball he, he wants to play. Um, and he's going to beat most um, defenders off the dribble, especially guys that play the point. So I like it. Uh, hopefully they can stay consistent with it. And hopefully they can stay healthy. And I mean... I, Anthony Davis, I should say. Hopefully, Anthony Davis can stay healthy. And, you know, it's still early in the season. Maybe we can turn it around and make the play-in. That, that's still my hope. So. The play-in. Oh, shooting the stars real high for that one. Yeah, so I'm like Jaden. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Just praying for the playoffs. But I will say uh, the biggest uh, surprise that I'm happy about has been Lonnie Walker. So thank you, Spurs. Uh <laughs> You know, Lonnie Walker, he's just so dude is so athletic. It's it's insane how athletic he is. But um yeah, he, he's been a good addition for us. So uh yeah, hopefully we can Lakers can keep it going. But um Matt, any any basketball surprises for you thus far in the season? Yeah, I think our Blazers, right? Blazers they're, they're balling right now. First in the West. I... <laughs> I definitely did not see that start coming. And with Dame being out, I was like, uh-oh, like we're going to be back to last year again. But hey, they, they won the first game without him. Um, 
I'm kind of liking what I'm seeing from Shade and Sharp. Shade and Sharp. Yep. Dude is athletic. Um, I, I he's got some promise. I think he's just gonna get better as you know the more games come to him. But that dude looks good. Yeah. I think he looks good. He's gonna fit right in. Uh, I think Anthony Simons, man, with Dame on the shelf for another week, probably. I want to see it. Yeah, I think Anthony he he, Simons, he knows he knows what to do. He knows it's time to take a leap. Um, and he can he can shoot the lights out now. You know, he remember when he came in as a rookie, we all knew he was this, this athletic guy with a lot of bounce, right? Uh, but his shot now, he's knocking it down from deep as well. It's not just you know catch and shoot wide open. He's creating. Uh, off the mm-hmm. dribble, three-point shot, uh, shooting from, you know, two and a half, three feet behind the three-point line. And, you know, Shaden Sharp, uh, I'm not saying it's Dame's leaving anytime soon or he's going to retire anytime soon. <laughs> but if they can retain Shaden Sharp, you know, for the, you know, I'm talking like 10, five, 10 years from now, uh, you know, you keep Simons and she, with what we've seen. It's, it's been seven games. I'm not going to go. I won't go too crazy, right? But seen a lot of promising things from Shane and Sharp. So uh hopefully, you know, they can keep that up. But yeah, go Blazers, man. Rip yeah, City. Really but yep. Okay. Well, Matt, let's wrap it up here. Uh why don't you take us to our sports fact of the day today? All right. So today we're recording on Halloween. So happy Halloween to all of our viewers out there but i was waiting for this sports fact i was so excited when i found this one so one year ago the man the myth the legend cooper rush was born cooper rush baby comes in for an injured dak prescott on sunday night football and he takes down kirk cousins in minnesota with a game-winning drive and a sweet touchdown pass to Amari Cooper, who I dearly miss, but we will not talk about that. But happy anniversary, Cooper Rush, the man, the myth, the legend, the GOAT, our savior this year. Uh, enjoy your special day. So I think that's a good sports fact of the All day. Right. Probably the best one I've had so far. Okay, I'll take that one. Um, keep in mind, that was primetime Kirk, so a little bit discounted there. <laughs> uh, okay, well... Thanks again, everyone. Uh, Happy Halloween. I hope everyone stays safe. Had a good, nice, fun, safe weekend. But uh, yeah, we will be back next week. More World Series talk, more football talk. We're right in the thick of it. So uh, let's keep it going. And uh, we'll catch you guys later.